Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast, doing a solo again to round out this week. Uh, but we are talking about Minute 85, which begins with Steve taking cover and ends with Bucky hanging off the side of the train. That's right. We end this week with a cliffhanger. Back on the show, sadly, for last for the last time is Will Freeland. Hello, Will. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Something we love to do as we round this uh, the week out with our guest is, is talk about favorite Captain America moments. Do you have a favorite moment? It could be from the films or the comics. Uh, what what to you stands out as your favorite Captain America moment? I can give you one of each. Ooh, all right. So honestly, I wish I could watch Endgame for the first time again and watch Captain America say assemble for the first time on screen again. Oh my gosh. Like (laughs) what a culmination of 24 movies and 11 cinematic years and so much drama and so much emotion just pent up in one scene. Uh, So Cap being a leader to the MCU verse and then um, Cap being a leader in the comics actually um in the crossover event infinity by uh john hickman lowly earther captain america steve rogers is leading an alliance of all of the galactic superpowers like the shiar and the kree the annihilation wave um all against these universe cosmic destroying beings called the builders and he's just proving to be a leader and a general where no other race has been able to uh, get a single victory against these guys and through captain america's like military expertise and his uh the way that he inspires troops that aren't even avengers quote-unquote it's so much fun to see. I guess it's not one exact scene, but it's just how he single-handedly gathered the forces of an entire universe to fight these bad guys. Um, and he's he's just a human. <laughs> you know, he can't breathe in outer space, <laughs> but like he's he's <laughs> at the war table of these galactic empires on equal footing, uh, earning their respect just by being the leader that we uh, have seen for decades on Earth. Um, yeah, it's just so much. It's so much fun. It's so powerful. That's awesome. It, that's interesting. It speaks to, I suppose, there's an element of um, one of our previous guests had talked about in the comics how there is this side to Steve where. Uh, aside from being like a super soldier and super strong and all this sort of stuff, he also is like one of the most, uh, you know, the brightest uh, military strategists mm-hmm. uh, as well, which perhaps also kind of evolved from his his super skills. Um, but just being able to kind of put those plans in place, uh, I think that also might speak to kind of like the strengths that you see in him in, in, in that sort of line, comic line. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, 
Let's jump into the minutes specifically here. So we're back on the train and, uh, you know, we've got Bucky and Steve. Steve, of course, is uh, doing what he can to avoid getting uh, blasted by the the uh, Hydra Trooper with the double arm cannon that he's firing at Steve. And this is where you get to see it hitting the wall behind Steve. And it just it like, like the smallest it just puts hole. a little hole. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, it's this blue explosion. It's not like the the orange explosions that we saw the the blue um uh hide the tesseract weapons doing earlier in the film so it's it's strange to me that it's doing that but you know it is what it is multiple shots yeah he fires a few shots and it all seems to uh just hit the door like again i I'm, i feel like he can only aim forward like he doesn't seem to be able to turn very well <laughs> Um, but steve this is an interesting moment we haven't talked about the fact that in this particular train car there is an actual uh, an overhead beam crane right. that is running along the top of it, I guess, to move heavy equipment uh, forward and backward within the car, which is kind of cool. I like that they you know, had the forethought to build a design like this into this. And um, Steve, of course, realizes there's an advantage to it being here. And so he jumps up and uh, he swings on it across the the car uh, taking a shot in the shield once, which I don't know. Interestingly, I feel like with all this Tesseract energy, maybe it's because it's vibranium. It doesn't <laughs> bounce him backward. But I feel yeah. like if it hit him, like when it hits Bucky, it seems to throw Bucky backward. I feel right. like, I mean, Steve's not in control of his motion here. It, it seems like <laughs> if this thing hit him, it might at the very least stop the movement of the crane as it as it moves across the top of the, the train car. I don't know. I, I'm probably thinking about it too much. There is something, <laughs> there's a psychological effect that I feel is completely unexplored in both the comics and the movies that bad guys seem to aim at the shield when it's being held. Yeah. And not Cap's dangling legs. <laughs> <laughs> would have ended the fight immediately <laughs> right well it's funny that you say that because when we cut to the reverse shot of cap moving up on him the next shot that he fires actually looks like it just misses his kneecaps so to that end, maybe he he realized that but too late because by that point caps on top of him and knocks him over true true <laughs> yeah because like these are two giant can't like you can't really aim in i guess so, so where one is, I guess he's kind of angled, like with one shoulder up to shoot the shield, and then the next shot just happens to go off because he's a trigger happy big guy, and but he doesn't <laughs> aim it. Whatever, it's fine. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like you know, you, you can only you can only complain about it so much. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah just uh, all right. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Uh, so Cap knocks him down, and then this is where, uh, again, we're seeing him using the shield more and more as a weapon. He's not using his gun. I mean, he did earlier as he was trying to protect himself. But here he's like, shield and body is what he's largely doing. He kicks him over, and and he takes the shield, and he and he just, I mean, he pretty much hits the guy down. And this is that, I I, I don't know. The way the shield is used, I feel like when you're hitting someone with the face of the shield, that is a good way to hit somebody, to really, like, knock them out, maybe break their nose, uh, but you're going to pretty much put them down. When you hit someone with the edge of the shield, especially when you're a superhero, I feel like 
you're probably going to be doing some serious harm, like breaking ribs, potentially, I mean, you know, slicing right into that person with <laughs> the powerful swings that Steve has. Right. When like, just four this, minutes this, ago, this, we saw him break metal with this. Yeah, right. And here he is, like, hitting the guy in the chest right. uh, with the edge of the shield. And I'm like, is this guy getting, like, partially severed in half at this point? Like. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen those videos that uh, there's a group out there who make who takes these scenes from the Avengers uh, films? I think the one I specifically remember watching is the opening of Civil War. And um, but they they basically take all this and go. They basically said this is what would really happen with the stuff that they're doing. And they they basically kind of redo the the movie that that action scene with like intense like blood everywhere like when steve's hitting people like the person is like getting crushed and uh, like blood is flying everywhere when and it's like this is what they're really doing but again in these superhero movies they're like blood is going to be used limited because it's a comic book movie and stuff but you know it's it's one of these things like i feel like uh, we talked about this a lot last season this is something matthew certainly brought up the idea of of when violence is just doing something that's going to be comic booky versus when violence is going to do something that is potentially really going to be killing somebody. And they kind of, they, they kind of like having it both ways. And that's one of the struggles with it. Cause some of the stuff that, that cap does with his shield, it's like, that's, that's seriously going to be like ripping this person's chest open and like leaving a big gaping wound. Cause you're a superhero and you're hitting him in the chest with the edge of your shield. Right. But it's okay <laughs> because he's Hydra and he doesn't have a face. That's that's what it boils down to, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, yeah, he hits hard. Like adrenaline is still clearly going. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not like he's even pulling his punches. Mm-hmm. So he hits him once. We don't. Uh, we cut immediately to Bucky though, and this is Bucky is now kind of you know this hi- cat and mouse game with the um, the the Hydra Trooper that's still on his train car as Bucky is trying to maneuver around to avoid getting shot. Uh, you know, it plays fine. It's it's nothing too bad. You know, he he jumps out and basically moves from one side to the other. Um, the note that I had here is, you know, as we see the Hydra Trooper kind of moving along, we see him working next to or moving next to a box that says munition. So we know that, you know, there's some average weapons on here and, and probably bullets. But when Bucky moves over to the other side, he ends up next to a whole crate a whole bunch of crates that all have on the side bio, I don't know, the German biologische Waffen, which means biological weapons. Oh. Uh, what? Okay. Do, we never see biological weapons being used, do we? I mean, that's... No. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not what they're... They're dropping, like, Tesseract bombs on people at the end, or they're trying to. Biological weapons, is this... Are we... Okay. Again... Zola apparently set this whole thing up to catch Captain America. Why Why is he on the train? Why is he actually transporting real stuff on the train? That's one question we'll never know the answer to. <laughs> but the other thing is, like, what is he doing as far as biological weapons? This is a whole extra side of what Zola's developing. That's not his expertise. Yeah, right? It's, it's like, I didn't realize Hydra was involved in biological weapons, but here we are. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I know. One of those things. All right, but then we got Steve. This is or Steve grabs the arm of the guy with the cannon and he blasts the door. This is the thing. Like, what is going on with these cannons? God, that door gets messed up too. Although, if you watch it uh frame by frame, like we do on this, um the light 
starts in the bottom right corner. <laughs> like the shot goes out, but the light of the explosion is in the bottom right. That speaks to a stage light set up uh, just uh, just behind those boxes designed to kind of create the flash so when the when the the um when the director or the ad or whoever's calling for the thing say okay you know blast and they hit it and yeah the light the the light goes off and it ends up yeah it ends up looking like that which is kind of funny but like they don't do much damage to the <laughs> to the door the door just kind of disappears Again, is there a switch? Like, I'd love for them to show a switch because when this guy, when this trooper who knows how to use the gear is shooting at Steve, he just puts a couple little kind of minor dents on the wall here. But when Steve <laughs> blasts the door at it, like, he disintegrates it. Like, it completely disappears. And only this door because he has to get through another one. Yeah, and how does he know that he can open that one? Why doesn't he just blast both doors? Like, where is the logic here? Uh, oh, the scene. I end up just like oh, scratching my head far too much with this because then he runs up and we see Zola noticing it. I like the shot of Zola because this is him realizing, oh, oh crap. crap, I did not <laughs> I did not put this together as well as I should have. I should have had, you know, a whole train full of those troopers with those cannons instead of these guys with the guns. <laughs> It is what it is. So Steve goes back to the door to to help Bucky, and then he elbows the door open like uh, like he just pushes the button. It's like yeah, he pushes like a subway car. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, okay, but obviously they couldn't have done that earlier. Like when Zola, I'm assuming it was Zola who dropped the doors and shut shut them um, so that they were apart. And I'm assuming that the buttons wouldn't work, but like, why does the, why does the button work? I don't know. I don't understand why this button works to get this door open now. This minute frustrates me if you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like, you can argue that's like a childproof lock on a door. We can't open it from the inside. So fine. Okay. (laughs) But that would imply that Cap was completely in the next car. While Bucky was still in the first car when they dropped the door. And it would have to be both doors to drop yeah, and trap well, them. So, like, maybe, sure. Yeah. But then we never got a scene of them trying, realizing that there's no, like, button to press to open the door. Also, where is the door that he blew off? Because <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't open. It plays like it disintegrated. Like when yeah. we hit people, and this is the first time we've ever seen the weapon actually disintegrate something. And again, I'm assuming it was disintegrated just because we don't see shrapnel or, or, or shards of it, remnants kind of left behind. It's it's so completely gone. Yeah, and it's enclosed here. Like it's not a full, it is a separate car, but it's not like separated like a regular train. Yeah, right. Because when we saw it from the outside, it looked like they had, um, I don't know if they created some sort of enclosure that kind of, uh, you know, kind of allowed for that movement between the cars, but still kind of kept kept it sheltered or, or closed off, I suppose, which I guess makes sense in context of, you know, if you're traveling through the snowy Alps up in the mountains, yeah, you probably don't want to have to step out into the snow every time you're moving from one car to the other. Right, because Hydra cares about the cold, but the Howling Commandos don't. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird moment. I, I'm frustrated with all of this. You know, Steve, <laughs> um, they have a little plan where Steve, you know, what Steve and Bucky, they, they have this moment looking at each other through the window. Um, Steve's apparently able to communicate it quite well to Bucky that, hey, I'm going to toss you this gun. You're going to shoot at him, and I'm going to, um, you know, do something to distract this trooper, which is what he does. And I guess it works, right? The trooper's hiding behind the the right. shelf with all the crates, and so what does Steve do? He slams into the pops him out. Uh, yeah, the crate, and that it forces the the soldier out, and then Bucky's able to drop him, and that's the end of all three of the troopers that came to <laughs> stop them. <sighs> it's a cool. It's a cool move. Oh yeah, it is. But also. What if he went the other way? Like, <laughs> you didn't yeah. cut off enough escape routes, I think. Well, the whole, yeah, again, I just, I struggle with what is the plan here? Is if, if Zola's plan seriously is to stop Captain America, which is what very specifically we just saw Red Skull tell him to do, <laughs> like, this is his plan. I'm going to put a few troops on the train. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be there too. I'm also going to have all my biological weapons here. You know, I'm doing all <laughs> sorts of stuff. Uh, it actually, you know, I will say one thing that it does make you start thinking is that uh, despite what you read on Zola's face, because he reads like, oh crap, I screwed this up. You can start reading into this like, this is a person who does want to get out of Hydra because he's realized, I mean, we have seen oh. him realizing over mm -hmm. the course of the movie you know, this Schmidt guy, he is acting crazier and crazier. We're running into all sorts of issues with everything going on here. Maybe I need to stage something to get caught. Mm. I don't know. Do you think that you could read it that way? I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah. It makes the decision to have four troops on a car make more sense. I feel like it's the only way you can read into this. Like, the more I think about it, it's like, yeah. it almost has to be his escape plan. Yeah, that checks out. Because it gives him plausible deniability. Like, he didn't just, like, walk over to the Allied base and was like, hey, <laughs> take me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know what? That works for me. But also, so maybe biological weapons is, is a red herring. Maybe all of these uh, boxes are empty. That could be like this. Okay. I feel like we're making this make more sense. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's the only thing that does. I mean, it's still, I mean, Zola is still trying to kill Steve. I mean, you know, we have the guy with the cannon clearly with no right. cut on his chest. He does suddenly pop up in the door and this, this is, you know, how we're going to end our minute. He walks through the door. Steve protects Bucky. I don't know why suddenly this thing has such a huge explosion now i mean steve <laughs> takes it on the shield and gets knocked to the ground yet it blows the side of the train out what yeah the same weapon has done three different amounts of damage <laughs> <laughs> right so maybe okay so maybe it's because actually now that i'm looking at it is the cannon the top two rings or the bottom two rings I think the cannons blasts are coming out of the top two rings. Oh. I, I feel like I feel like the bottom two rings are his hands with triggers. That's where his hands go. Yeah. Yeah. I only just noticed that this time. Because I always thought that the bottom two were was the cannon. <laughs> but I've never actually paused on this frame before. <laughs> 
But it's totally the top is where the guns come out because that's where they have the LEDs when you have it paused. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Because I don't think I'm 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 scrubbing through yesterday's minute to see. I don't know if we ever really get. Uh, a good shot no i guess at the very end of the last minute do you remember how it cuts like right on the guy as he's blasting it does come out of the top oh yeah um, that's really the only time that we get a, a clear shot of that and you can kind of see his hands underneath um kind of controlling it but what a weird design though i know right <laughs> and so that's what i was thinking i was like maybe this is four barrels <laughs> and the number of barrels you use dictates how much power it is that would have made more sense. I mean, <laughs> as it stands, like, I don't know. I mean, other than it looks like he actually does a double blast. Like he, the yeah. other times it looked like he was doing left, then right or right, right. then left. And this is the only time where it seems like I'm going to blast both and hit you with both of them. And that actually takes the whole, the whole wall out. Um, yeah. So the damage is exponential now. Yeah. And interestingly, it's an explosion that is the orange flame and the blue flame like this is the first time we've seen a combination so i feel like he turned to the dial to something that we just hadn't seen yet uh unless it hits an ammunition box okay yes which negates our original no prize (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that would make sense like if that's what happens because it does look like as you kind of as you walk through it very slowly it looks like what happens is steve is holding his shield a little bit of an angle and it looks like it actually deflects the blast instead of absorbing them. It deflects them and they blast off screen, right? And they must, yeah, I guess they must hit an ammunition box that blows the side of the train out. Uh, sure. Oh my gosh. This is so much fun to watch in like super slow-mo. Like, <laughs> cause like he's got LEDs in his, in his barrels. Right. And then yeah. like when you go like frame by frame, the LEDs turn off for like two frames and then the shot comes out. <laughs> right. You can see the little flicker of them. Isn't that funny? It's almost like that's the warm up. And then, yeah, that's interesting. It huh. reminded me of the Iron Man, like the doo-doo-ee! and then it shoots. Mm, sure. Yeah. They, they use that same similar sound. Um, it is. I like, I do like the sound design. Yeah. I like the sound design of the way that the Tesseract cannons like that warm up, you know, before it blasts. That's, that is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about Bucky here. So, so Steve gets knocked by the wayside, which seems uh, slightly novel for Steve. Like he actually, this blast throws him into the wall and it takes him a minute to get up. So what does Bucky do, but pick the shield up yeah. and start shooting at the, at the soldier here. And, um, yeah, doesn't go well for Bucky. Uh, you've read the comics. You're familiar with all of that. Were you waiting for this moment to happen with Bucky? Having, having known what happens to Bucky in the comics, was this something you were kind of looking forward to? I mean, I say that, you know, you're not looking forward to Bucky to fall off a train, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, there is no way they're going to do a rocket scene, um, which is what happens in the comics. <laughs> um, mm. And so once, you know, once you have this tension moment, you have this giant man of a Hydra goon that seems relatively unstoppable, like... And then you blow off the side of the of the train. Like 
each little piece is falling into place and you're like, oh no, oh no, this is where, oh no, this is, this is, oh no. (laughs) Um, but like, I feel bad because I, I know that he's not going to die per se here. Yeah. Right. Right. And so like, it takes the tension away from me or I I should say, you know, in like next week's episode, which I'm not going to be here for, uh, it, it takes away the like, pain of the of 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 what happens to bucky right of the loss of this character yeah but um it's still fun well it works well i had never read the comic so i didn't know what was going to happen and so for me i'm like oh okay interesting they're going to kill off his his uh friend um that's i guess they're showing that we have stakes in this film you know his friend is going to die and that's that's an interesting way to kind of have this character kind of continue learning that you know I may be super, but you know, people around me may still die. Yeah. And on, and the idea of the winter soldier is brand new compared to the longevity of captain America. Right. Yeah. Bucky was really kind of the little kid version up until that storyline when they decided let's do something else with Bucky and maybe make him a, a contemporary of Steve mm-hmm. age wise. Giving Bucky the shield in the scene is just kind of nice. Just a little homage to, like as far as visuals, uh, Bucky was Captain America for a little bit. Yeah, and so having him hold the shield for a little bit is—it's just nice for the visual homage. I and you know, I mean, he looks good holding it. I like the way that he picks it up, holds it, you know, shoots at the guy like like he's seen Cap do on mission upon mission. Yeah, right. And and it also it's a great way to show that, you know, Captain America may be the super soldier here, but Bucky's not going to let that keep him from still being a soldier and still yeah. working to fight these bad guys. You know, he's not running and hiding behind Captain America or running to, you know, help Captain America get up so Captain America can stop this guy. Like he's like trained to be a soldier and here he is. You know, I I may not be super, but I'm still going to keep fighting and I like that about Bucky in this moment. Absolutely. And then the Hydragoon only lights up and fires one cannon. Just one. Yeah. I, I don't know what he... I, I feel like this guy is drunk and he just cannot remember how to use this thing. I think that's probably... Is it one? What do I push? Left trigger first? Right trigger? Like Right. He's, he's shaking. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, well, you know, he has an invisible <laughs> slash him. across his chest from Steve's <laughs> shield attack. Yeah, which he's got to get again because, of course, now uh, Steve does the boomerang toss and hits the guy again. Uh, now he should really have a giant X on his chest <laughs> from each of these <laughs> hits of Cap's shield. The original crossbones. It's right, right there. Um, but then, and we do leave this minute on a cliffhanger. We find out that Bucky did manage to hold on. He's grabbed onto a railing on the side of the uh, the interior of the train, and he's dangling off. Over a bridge. Uh, at this point, the train... Another bridge. Yeah, we do see that they are over yet another bridge here. And uh, Bucky is dangling precariously. Luckily, the shield fell inside the train, not on the outside. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> but that's where we leave the minute with Steve calling out to Bucky as Bucky's dangling. Oh, Yeah, that, I mean, that's... It's a high-tension scene. And, uh, like, it's one of those things where you can see the handlebars. So, like... 
anyone who's like grown up playing video games, you can see like <laughs> the path that you would need to take to grab your friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, okay, well, we've got to maneuver off this, you know, this bar and then we got to drop down to this bar yeah, and then scoot over. <laughs> right. It totally, it totally is like that sort of thing and get over this beam. And yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, but that's where we end it. And it's a great moment of tension for us to uh, call it an end to this week. Uh, Will, it has been a thrill having you to chat about Captain America all week uh, and uh, some really uh, fun minutes. Even if we have found a lot of holes in it, a lot of issues, it still is a fun set of minutes. When you watch it and over the course of an actual five minutes, uh, you know, it moves pretty well. And uh, yeah. it's only when you get to talking about it that it starts like, what? what's going on? Here? <laughs> like, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, that shouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate being here. Um, Captain America, the first Avenger is what kept me in the MCU. <laughs> um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it's it's fun getting a chance to hop in this. I feel like you said that last season when we were talking about Thor. Yeah. Um, was it was it like so at this point, this was the fifth film. I mean, the previous four films were you like, yeah, it's OK. So, yeah, Iron Man one and two and Incredible Hulk were fun in my head, disjointed standalone movies. You had the like cameo here and there, but I always considered it like two TV shows having a cameo of a character, but not like we're building <laughs> towards something. Uh, and then the end of Iron Man 2, yeah, of uh, Mjolnir. And then uh, Thor, I just, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt that the, you know, the the Frost Giant battle was more climactic than the Destroyer battle. And so I just wasn't too happy with it. And then, so I was like, all right, Captain America. If Captain America is good, then I'll go see Avengers. <laughs> um <laughs> And it brought me back. I it, it was heartfelt. The pacing was good. The the montages were great. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, it hit all of the story beats that I was kind of hoping for from a Captain America movie. It had heart, which I didn't really feel from the other four movies. Um, just like the Boy Scout innocence and dedication that Steve has to the commandos, to Bucky, to uh, to Peggy, like it was just it was great. And then Hugo Weaving, just so much fun to watch. Uh, yeah, this movie is the reason why I kept going back to every single MCU movie and watching. I've seen every single MCU movie on release weekend, <laughs> thanks to Captain America. <laughs> Thanks to this movie. Would you say of the, um, let's just call them franchises within the franchise, like you've got the Iron Man films, the Captain America films, do, do you find like the Captain America films themselves would be your favorites of kind of the bulk of it? Ooh. Or do you feel like, uh, like, how do you feel like the the rest of the, the Captain America films hold up versus the other? Yeah, if you, if you take each sub-franchise title, I think in total... Probably either Captain America or for me, Spider-Man, because it's my favorite. Um, they collectively, their average score for me is higher than the rest of the titles. Iron Man's kind of hit or miss for me. Thor is all over the place. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doctor Strange, Natalie's got two movies. It's kind of in the middle for me, uh, not including Captain America, or not not including Avengers. The Ant Man franchise 
it's just fun. Guardians is just fun. Like the oh, Guardians slaps you with the heartstrings way too much for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't see those coming. Uh, but yeah, Guardians <laughs> is a lot of fun. Uh, but as far as like my personal excitement and uh, what really gets me going and what I think of when I think MCU, it's the Spider-Man franchise and the Captain America franchise. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, there are a lot of good films in both of those sets. So one day we'll get to them. <laughs> Might take Man, a little what a bit great of time. Idea. <laughs> this is just it's so much content I tell ya. from from so little like medium. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's going to be a long time for us to get through it, but it's fun. We're, we're figuring, you know, it'll take some time, but we enjoy the conversations. That's why we're here. So absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, joining me here to talk about all of this. It was a lot of fun with you. Thank you for having me. I, I, I look forward to seeing your name in my inbox every couple of months about, <laughs> hey, let's do another movie. I'm like, yes. Yes. Let's do another movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait. Avengers is right around the corner. So oh, it's going to be great. Going up. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, remind everybody one last time where they can track you down on the internet. Yeah. Find me at Twitch, uh, Silver Dreamer, Silver with a Y. Have a great time there. We uh, build models uh, like Gunpla and Lego. Um, and we read comics on Sundays, actually. Uh, and then I also have my own podcast called Hype is My Superpower. Uh, me and my best friend Steve uh, basically have a comic book club. Uh, and we talk about the things that make us hype. And it's almost always going to be Marvel stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is awesome. So check him out on all of his places over on the internet, everybody. Uh, the links will be in the show notes. And on our website, uh, remember, you can learn more about what we're doing over at MarvelMovieMinute.com. You can look into uh, getting a membership so that you don't have to have the, uh, all the ads during your episodes and you get your episodes all a week early. So you can check all of that out. Plus, we have some hiatus episodes that only members get. So all sorts of fun stuff. Check all that out again, MarvelMovieMinute.com. And we'll be back next week to find out what happens to Bucky. So until next time, true believers. Bye, guys. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega. And this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.